everyone and welcome to Living a Life Through Books, the podcast about everything bookish. I'm your host, Dr. Shanaz Ahmed, and today is Book Club. Please remember, we do discuss the whole book, which may involve spoilers. Before I bring up our conversation, I wanted to say that your support of my podcast means a lot to me. The easiest way is to buy me a coffee. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash LLTB podcast. Every coffee you buy me helps keep me alert and this podcast going. I'll add the link in the show notes and I thank you. One more thing. I want to talk a bit about a great audiobook app, Libro.fm. Let's you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. Choose from more than 150,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers around the country. With Libro.fm, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name. But you'll be part of a much different story, one that supports community. Listeners of this podcast can get two books for the price of one. Go to Libro.fm, that is L-I-B-R-O dot F-M, and enter code LLTB podcast. With each listen, take pride in knowing that you're supporting local bookstores. I'll add the link in the show notes. And let's get straight to book club. Welcome, everyone. Today we're doing Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. And uh, I swear every time I've sent you guys email about book club, you know, I'm like, oh, book club is tomorrow. And I'm like, no, you can't say that because it's tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. And I'm just like, what the heck's going on? Anyway, that's the book we're discussing. So um, I read this book, gosh, I think three months ago or more four months ago. So my memory of character names is fuzzy, but I remember the book. And that's my first thought really is that while I don't remember names, I remember a lot of things that happened in this book, which really speaks for the book. Okay. First thoughts, anyone else? It did not stick with me either. I think I vaguely remember the correct plot line, but I also read it like three months ago. And I, yeah, I, I mean, it was, I really, I read it and it was okay for me, but it was not my like favorite book. I liked some ideas of the plot line, but yeah, it just didn't stick with me. So that's what my first thought is. Oh, great. So it stuck with me and it didn't stick with you. Okay. All right. Arifat, first thought. I had never read a book about video games and all the, the cult or community of people who make and play all these games. I mean, my kids play, but not that hardcore uh, individuals who do that. So I, I was very iffy about starting the book. I started it. It started really well, actually, for me. And I think it ended really, really well for me. I absolutely loved the book. I loved the way I pretty much loved everything about the book, how they kind of brought together the art and the literature and the video games and the young people and I and the old people even. So beautifully written in a good like it was very well written for the time period that the author was uh, talking about. So I actually really like the book. Erin, that's probably the first book that you and I done. This is good. <laughs> I, like it. I like it. I like 
good. This is good. You know, like it's good. Of course. It's very good. We got Aaron's like, eh. Rifford's like, I really like the book. I really love the book when I first read it. And now I'm like, it sticks with me. And then now I'm like, it wasn't like the most brilliant book, but it was really good. I, I mean, I'm, I'm still processing. But what was this book really about? Like, what were the major themes in this book? Like, I'm thinking. Go. Okay, go ahead. Okay. I'm thinking relationships that that's, I think is big thing. I mean, I'm thinking when Harry met Sally, you know, can a guy and a girl be friends? How close, what are the parameters of friendships? What are the parameters of relationships of a romantic relationship of, you know, like a marriage type relationship. So I think it really explores relationships, even the relationship with um the guy, like I said, I don't remember names, but the guy, the boss, and who was the guy who was like the seed money? He had a lot of money and he wanted to be part of the partner and things like that or something. So even relationships like that, you know, just, just, I loved all the, the complex relationships, basically. That's, yeah, I do. I do agree with that. Yeah. What else is this book about other than relationships? To me, it seemed like it was a lot more, it was, I think that she, uh, the the writer, had spread so many themes. I want to say all the way from multicultural immigration to um, some of the racism. There was sexism in it. That she was the only girl at that time versus when she started to teach uh, the journey of that. And she mentions many times that just because I'm a girl and all that. And then it was also about death, about loss. I mean, the guy has an amputated leg and the, the love. And to me, it was like there were so many things she uh, ended up putting it together. And not to mention the love and the romance. And these all could be part of the book. But I, what I loved that she, to me, the main theme, the main back, backdrop was the, the art the art part of making the video games. I thought that was so nice, especially, um, I don't know if you remember because you guys, pro- and I read it long time ago, but I loved it and I'm probably going to read it again. There was a there was a time when she um, is on a, gosh, at the airport and the person says something like, do you make video games or what does it take? And then she doesn't reply, but she runs it in her head that Hamid did it take for her to make the video game all the way from taking a course in psychology, English literature, storytelling. And so it's just a regular thing that we look at a video game. And as parents, we despise them as well. But it was really a nice, fresh uh, perspective to look at how the people who make are actually very artistic and very uh, intelligent people. And also the, the 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 book starts with both of them being in a hospital and how that video games makes both the kids so happy. And again, as a mother, I never liked my kids playing video games, but I just think it does bring some happiness. <laughs> and I think that was one of the main themes of the book as well, because she does say uh, somewhere, she quotes the study that the guns <laughs> are not versus games are not, you know. So I, I think she tried to put in a lot of things and uh, she had the art of bringing a lot of things together. It was very subtle. It wasn't like heavily themed in all the things that I mentioned, but she definitely had all the way from immigration to, you know, feminism to everything. Love and hate and, you know, triangles of love and, you know, it's beautiful. And you bring up guns and violence and video games. Mm-hmm. And we know what happens there. Yes, you know. And uh, 
what happened? Was it psychology? Was it ultimately a statement that it's not guns, it's mental illness? It's not the, no, I don't mean it's not guns. It's not the video game. It's mental illness. It's other things that caused this. And it was very interesting how these guys come in and shoot, you know, shoot one of the main characters. And it's like, whoa, what's going on? And oh, oh, wow. Yeah, it was just kind of, it was very graphic, very real. Like I could actually imagine like listening in the news and going, in other news today, such and such tech corporation got stormed in by these three blah, 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 blah. And they shot the owner of the company. Like, I can totally imagine it. And at that point, the news will point to, well, that's why we say violence in video games. Kids shouldn't be playing video games. But then the book brings out mental illness. So I thought that was a good thing. I don't know if I would even call it mental illness, to be honest. I I mean, the guys that did that in the book were, um, they were angry and upset because in this virtual world, um, they had allowed various kinds of relationships and gender identity, and they were angry that that had been accepted um, in the virtual world. And they were were lashing out about it. And I think they alluded to the one who ends up, doesn't he, um, one of the shooters ends up killing himself. And I think they alluded to the fact that he was actually, you know, um, had feelings. uh, um, And I don't remember if he was, if it was that he was gay or that he identified as transgender at some point, but like he was hiding that from people. And so it was almost like, um, he was at war with his own self and how his community and culture viewed him. And he was lashing out because this virtual world had made it so easier. I, I you know, I, I don't really know what their point in that was, but I didn't take it as mental in- illness. I took it more as like bigotry and hatred and that kind of like the fear of what is different and lashing out violently against what is different. You are right. I stand corrected. It was not mental illness. It was me having read the book four months ago. Fair, fair. I mean, bits and pieces are coming back to me as we talk about it. Yeah, I'm kind of like, oh my gosh, that's what it was. They had problems with the actual game and they were angry and they were going to take it out. And um, But let's go to that scene right now. I mean, let's go on that theme. What are your thoughts about, I don't know who it was, but him being like, no, I'll go handle this and all of that. And he didn't just hide. When people were telling him, no, 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 this this is serious, right? They were telling him not to go down, but he was like, no. And he took the fall, literally. What are your thoughts about that? I thought it was like, wow. I don't remember exactly. I think Marks, the owner, was already there. He was the one talking to them. Somebody else entered, which something happened. And I also don't remember exact that scene. And I try not to remember those kind of scenes or like, you know, even in movies, I mentally block myself. But I think it was uh, one of the gays, one of the couple, one of the guys from the couple was the one who came down and he, and he blames himself too, that if I hadn't gone down at that time, I think he was probably unaware of what was going on. And then these were only teenage kids who did were not, 
who did not probably know how to handle a gun or how to handle a situation like that. So they just ended up killing. And I think he, Marx was trying to save the other guy. Something like that happened. And if I remember they were gays, I don't know if it was open to the kids that they were gays, but I guess something like that, some misunderstanding happened. And when I was mentioning all the themes, I think that was a very strong theme. The sexual orientation was a very strong theme in it. And they even talk about the time in San Francisco made it legal for a little time, for a little bit, like a short time to made it legal for them to get married. And then they were, so I think she, that was one of the more prominent themes as well. So uh, yes, and I, uh, like we all agreed that it was uh, more like a political, social, or like a war with oneself, kind of, it was that kind of a time where people were still in closets and, you know, things like those. So, um, and uh, it just tells me how, um, you know, our, Again, our intelligent and those people are like, you know, they were very young kids, but they talked about should the character, the main character be a boy or a girl. So I mean, I think that was very nice. Yeah, I did like that discussion. There were like elements of the book that I really liked. And then there were things where I was like, this is so long or, you know, unrealistic or things of that nature that it just made it not, I think, my favorite of all time books. But I, I, I did like that part where they were they talked through why they were making the main character in their video, their original video games ambiguous. I think that, you know, neither of the guys stuck to that when it came right down to it, right? Like when the the iterations of their game moving forward and like getting new ideas for new video games. And I was disappointed in them for that and Sam and I can't remember the other guy's name but I was disappointed in them and I but I do think that the guy who I can't remember his name (laughs) redeemed himself (laughs) whenever he goes down and deals with these these violent people and it costs him his life but that's probably like the main moment in the book where his character I was like you know because I was kind of on the fence, like, is he good? Is is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? And you're it shouldn't about, be that simple. About Sadie's husband. Yeah, Sadie's husband. And I could, I like, for the longest time, I was like, is he just playing her? Is he just, you know, because he was a player. Like, he he was the ladies' man for the vast majority of the book. And I was like, is he just doing the same thing to her? But in the long run, he was not. And he really was a stand-up guy, but you just didn't you just hadn't seen him get to be that yet. You just thought he was like throwing around his money, you know, trying to make his uh, opportunities happen. And that that's why he was so generous at the beginning. But really, I think he was just I really do think he was a generous person. He redeemed himself in my mind for sure there, if not kind of before that, when he takes Sadie to where do they go? China back to see his dad. Yeah. Yes, Japan or China. Japan, yeah, yes, I can't remember which, but um, yeah. So I, I, yeah, I should not have. I, I think that's another thing about this book that's interesting is that nobody's like truly fully good and nobody's truly fully bad. Like they're all human, and the author does do a good job of that. Of like these are human people who are flawed, and everybody's gonna have something that they didn't get right, you know. I agree with that. The moral complexity of the book it was amazing. Um, and, you know, um, 
I thought Marx, the guy that uh, the Sadie's husband was actually, to me, he always seemed like a really nice guy because he took a really good care of Sam as a roommate. He took him to hospital. He made the story with two people to, so that he could move Sam there so that he could get operated in time. So uh, I think it, he never needed a redemption from me. But I mean, again, I read the book, you know, later than you guys. So I remember more, but I thought his character was really nice from beginning. Usually in a situation like this, I don't like when say, Sadie would end up marrying Marx and not Mazer, but somehow Marx and Sadie seemed okay. Otherwise the, the right fitting situation would be for her, although he was amputated and everything, but somehow it seemed fine to me. He did not need, like I said, redemption as far as I'm concerned. But the other guy, I don't remember his name. Was it Borg or something? The professor? And that's, again, the complexity of like more moralities and all that. That's where she's talking about. So he, of course, he's a person who did not do something good. But then she ends up, she ended up being friends with him anyway. Everybody accepted him. And, you know, they needed his help to do. I mean, this is life, right? We can say that it was not done right or whatever, but it happened. And, you know, it. he was a big part of the success of these kids. You know, no matter what you say, no matter what he did, he was whatever, right. a jerk or something. But um, he he sort of redeems himself, although I still don't like him. But, um, <laughs> you know, the other three characters were really nice. There, there was some annoying thing about Sadie sometimes, but then same was with Mazer because they knew they loved each other, but then they did not want him. So for me, Sadie and Sam were equally annoying or not annoying. Uh, Marx was actually, <laughs> I don't know, I, I thought he was a really favorite character. But um, So she marries, the, who does she marry? Mazel? Marx. Marx, right? Marx. Okay. I don't think they ever got married, but they ended, having a, ended up having a kid. She, Wait, did what, she not they weren't married? That? I thought they were married. No? You may be right. I'm reading lessons in chemistry and I'm trying to. She, no, so no, no, I'm mixing the two I, now. No, I thought they were married. And Maybe then they, they were yeah. married. I don't think he ever knew that she what, did. He know she was pregnant or not. I don't know. Uh, if no, he, he did. Or maybe they he were did. planning. He knew, he knew but... she was pregnant because. No, they were not married because when he was in coma, he says that Sadie tells the nurse that he's my husband and he's like being kind of laughing about it that she never called, she never married me. But now that I'm in my deathbed, he's she's saying that he's my husband. That's what I remember. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Is that right? right? I think she I think did you're not right. believe in marriage. I think you're right. I was thinking the same thing and that I like I they lived always... together, but that they never were because they had a house together, but that they, they lived. Yes, okay, they were maybe, legally. Okay. I missed it because I thought somewhere because they were living together. They had the relationship. I just automatically my brain just skipped and went, oh, no, 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 they're married. But the one thing about that, the relation, I know, Aaron, you don't like him. He was a player, blah, blah, blah. I get all of that. The thing is, I felt at the end of the book, especially, you know, OK, he dies and then. And then there's the whole trauma that Sadie's going through. And at the end of the book is when Sam is trying to come to her and not just rescue her out of depression, but wanting to be in an actual relationship with her. Almost like, oh, it should have been me all along. I just never stepped up to the plate. And now I'm going to step up to the plate, which felt awkward to me. To be very honest, 
I don't know if I liked it. I was like, why is I this author doing that? Couldn't understand if Mazer was being portrayed as an asexual character, like as in like he is not like sexually attracted to people. It's not like a thing for him. That's I that's that was my impression for the largest por- portion of the book. And then, like, that one girl that he went to high school with, like, comes in. And, like, even then, he's only, like, semi-interested in that. And I could not for the life of me figure out if the author's intent was to portray him. Like, was that character dealing with asexuality or was that character, was Mazer so... And I think even in the end, I'm not sure that he was wanting a sexual relationship with Sadie. I took it that it was like, yeah, I want a life partner, but not in a physical sense of gratification, but rather in like, a, you know, we're doing life together sense. And I want to be there for you and your child. That's kind of what I got out of it, which so it didn't strike me so awkward if that were the case, but it would strike me awkward if like all of a sudden he's like, oh, I'm so comfortable in my sexuality because I don't think he is. And maybe it's because of his disability from his accident and he still hasn't come to grips that he can be a sexual being himself, that he can be attractive. I I don't know which of those things that the author was kind of was trying to portray. And that's a problem for me. I got wrong. I got wrong names. I'm confusing who, I'm thinking Sam with Mazer. So who's Sam? Sam, Sam is Mazer. Mazer. It's the same yeah. person. Yeah. Okay. So right. Mark, Sadie, Mark, and Sadie. Sadie Green, Mark, Sam, Sam Mazer. So Sam and Ma- okay. See, this is this is the problem when you read a he's book. He's like Prince. Right? He changes his name though. You know, yeah, I was going to say that he starts end. calling himself Mazer, and I think it was a little bit of both. Aaron, um, I also thought I think more than asexuality was the fact that he could never bring himself to like really propose or he did not understand if she loved him or not. And she never understood. It was a huge misunderstanding. And then Marx comes in, you know, so I think it was because he gets angry when Marx and they are together. He is angry for a long time and he says that to both of them. And then they stop talking to each other as well. But um, I also thought it was a little bit of asexuality, but again, we're talking about 1980s, 1990s. I think they were young at that time too, but Again, like I said, I think she was really touching a lot of complexities in a human, you know, growing up and all that. So I do think he was not asexual 100%, but there was like some self-esteem or lack of confidence. I did not get asexuality. I just got, I got what you just said, lack of self-esteem. He did say, he did say at one point in time, I don't like the intimate he used words like I don't like right right no all that but I I know I just I was just thrown off okay I was just thrown off by his character like I'm like you either want Sadie or you don't because now that Marx is with Sadie and they're really happy just what's your problem all this time you've been backing away you're like I don't want to be intimate I don't want this I don't want that well what do you want I mean this is so I didn't Again, I it just went way over my head, the asexuality element. That's why I was frustrated with him because I was like, personally, I was like, you either want her or you don't. You decide whether your relationship is friendship or you want more or you want to break up, whatever it is. 
but what game are you freaking playing at? You know, that's, and at the end when he's like, oh, I, I, I felt at the end, he's like, I want to be with you. I thought it meant more than, you know, whatever. And I was just, I was disappointed with the author. I was like, what are you trying to do? You're trying to give Sadie both men at the end somehow, like you're trying to, are you trying to please yourself? Are you trying to please the reader? Who are you trying to please here by giving Sadie both of them, or rather not giving Sadie, maybe she, the author cared more about the men and said, I'm going to give them Sadie at the end or something, but I don't know. Anyway, I thought, I did think that uh, Sadie and uh, I guess Mazer or Sam, whatever, talking in the video game, you know, it was very, um, it was very touching. I, I thought it was nice. And I'll be very honest, in the beginning, suddenly the, you know, the book just felt like it got, it just cut off. And all of a sudden it's this video game. And I'm like, I don't care about this video game. I don't know who this is. I really was kind of not paying attention to be very, very honest. All I knew was these two, something's going on in this video game. I'm like, I don't get it. I don't care about the video game until at the end I'm going, oh, fudge. I got to go back and pay attention to these characters because it wasn't a video game. It was really, really neat that way. That I enjoyed. I loved it. I thought that was so romantic. That was so beautifully done, so artistically done. That was definitely my favorite part. And I think I ended up listening to it a couple of times because I thought the way he approached. So um, I think uh, more than like you're saying that he wanted to be, I, I don't think, I don't know, to me, it didn't seem like the author was trying to make a statement whether, because she did talk about women rights quite a lot. So I don't think she was trying to say, okay, let me just make. So um, she, uh, I don't think author was trying to make a point of like, whether I want to make him or her happy. It's not in the end. I think he had always wanted Sadie. He just did not have the confidence or whatever, because he was amputated and he had that thing. He was a person, I wouldn't call him negative, but a person who doubted himself a lot. And there's a history. He has a childhood where, he, remember he says that in the beginning, he says that all those things that Sadie might think about me, she's never said those things, but he thinks that she has said and she has meant. If you remember, um, there was a time when he said that that she's actually, she's probably mean to him, but she has never said those things in real life. So see, he kind of a person who doubts everybody. Um, I don't know, because of the mom or something like that. I thought, and I, I thought Sadie did like him, though. And that's that what I'm saying, that Sadie did like him. But he there was a point in the book, and it was really in the beginning, that when he sees Sadie, he goes like, she must have thought that he's like this. She must have thought he was poor and all that. But uh, and then he, the writer writes this thing that in reality, Sadie has never said those words. But he thinks that because she was from the richer part of the, you know, the community or part of the town, and then he was not, or she was like this. And so, and then they had a history of those community hours. Uh, she won an award based on uh, the time that she spent with him in the hospital and all those things, which are part of, you know, growing up and whatever they had uh, the thing with. So to me, it seemed like it wasn't really in the end that she he wanted to be with Sadie. And to me, it didn't seem like that he, there was an open proposal, let's get married, let's stay together. There was nothing. They were just gonna start working together. And then the writer pretty much left it open that, you know, and it's perfectly okay. I mean, it's not that he didn't love Sadie. He loved Sadie and Sadie loved him. They both were 
true friend. So it to me, it's perfectly okay that when Mark's passed away, and we're talking about years. I think the if she was thirty four, it was I think it was a year and a half later. Oh, she was thirty four. The girl was eight or nine year old mm-hmm. when Mark's died. The girl was born. It was uh, when she went back to teach in MIT. She said she's thirty four. So it's been like eight. Oh, nine it was. I, why did I? I thought it was like the video game and him trying after that was. I don't they know did why. after some time they did, but they stayed separated. And it, I mean, the book shows a lot of patience as well on both the sides. Like he didn't end up going with somebody else. She didn't end up going, and they had that time. And I think that's to me was very novel, the time frame in the game where she's pregnant for years and all that things, you know, Uh, then she finds that doctor who's actually a homosexual, but he's actually Mazer. So all those things are like so beautifully done. I don't know. That's me. So when was uh, the game? When did when did Sadie and him actually start talking in the game? Was so it- that was when she was still pregnant. But then she said, once she found out that he was Mazer, she said, I'm done with you. I told you never. And then she also talks to the professor. When professor comes to LA to see her and the professor tells him, what did he say? It's, um, it's fucking romantic that a guy changes the game for you. Great, great. Rufa, thank you for you dropping the F-bomb here. Now I've got to put it as explicit. You know, fine, whatever. Fuck, okay? You, can now I, you know what? I got to put I gotta put this as an explicit episode now. No, no, no. no. Let me say explicit. that again. No, no, I know. No, it's fine. It's fine. You can <laughs> take it off. Let me say it again, okay? No, so no, 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 no. Don't do that. No, okay. So this she was quoting. I, she was quoting the book. So maybe the book needs to have. That. No, I remember we have talked about a lot of explicit things in our book club. I know there's only one. I think there's yeah, one book yeah. club that I've actually put that it was explicit. But we have talked about. Actually, I am joking. Oh, I am joking. For heaven's sake! No, no, no. Okay, she's no. No, I was not. Oh my god! Okay, you really get. I was like, oh my god, what did I do? I was like, no, oh god, whatever. So, okay, anyway. so no. What I meant was, I thought you know, with the pregnancy and with the child, that's when they started actually talking in the game. And afterwards, she split. But yes. what I'm trying to say is, he made the effort, and that took time. And I know they split, and then they get together years later. But the effort had been made, is what. My, I said was in a year and a half is when that effort really started, as in with Mesa's effort mm-hmm. with the game, right? It the started game, yes. the game and the effort started then, mm-hmm. but then after that, they split and it took her years to come back. But I will say yeah. that I think when you bring up the whole issue of Sam believing that she never liked me and all of that right from the beginning community service all of that now it's really hitting home that that's why I missed asexuality probably because it was a intense insecurity it was an intense emotional crisis within himself that he wanted something and he didn't feel worthy of it he didn't even know where to go with it and even if she came to him and said, I love you, he would not have believed her. 
So no matter, like, so that wouldn't have really represented asexuality. I feel it was more of an emotional mess that he was in. And I think it took the whole book for him to kind of get out of it. But then I just felt like really, I felt like the author really wanted her to end up with him. Kind of, sort of. And that's why. I'm like, is that why you killed Marx? You killed Marx just so they could be together? I'm like, could you not have written a different story? I mean, why kill him? But anyway, it's fine. It's all good. uh, I'm fine. Go ahead. Good. I was going to say that I have a problem with one of the, and I I couldn't put words to it till now, but I think that it's weird that Sadie, every straight man that she works with, she's had a physical relationship with at one point in time or another. That is not healthy. Like, can we talk about how not healthy that is? Like, I don't know. That's just like sets up. I, I, I can't think of a single other guy that she works with in there that she didn't have a relationship with. The professor, Marks, and Mazer. I mean, and the other people were, you know, I guess. Okay, how many too people old did Sadie sleep or, with? How many okay. people did Sadie sleep with, Erin? Two, but sh- there is an insinuation <laughs> that there is a romantic real. She would have slept with Mazer had she been given the chance. Okay, you made it sound like <laughs> Rufus is laughing. I, don't know, so I, just... I wish you weren't muted because you didn't hear the laughing here, but you're muted. I, <laughs> I wasn't saying it was an abundant sound. amount. I just am like, can you not have a working relationship with a straight man and not sleep with him or not have a a romantic the book makes it seem like she couldn't do that is that a character flaw in Sadie I don't know I think ultimately you know it's more of a the author's implication of men and women not being friends it's the when Harry met Sally implication I bet this author's favorite movie is when Harry met Sally and so that's kind of where that implication probably came in oh Sadie met this guy and so immediately she's gonna feel romantic towards him and all of that oh you know there's and there are women who look at guys and like oh he's cute I'll look at a guy and I'll be like oh he's kind of cute I'll look at another guy and think, oh, he's kind of cute. I mean, that doesn't mean I'm sleeping with every single guy. I have one husband. You know, like, just because you think that or it doesn't make you oh, what I just, I'm sorry, Erin. I just. I would just like to have seen her work with somebody and like them, but not be attracted sexually to them. That's what I would have liked to have seen. So in her defense, I would say one thing. She was very young when she was in MIT. She was the only woman. She was the only girl. And the professor was not a nice man. So I don't think that was a romantic relationship. That was more like um, Stockholm syndrome kind of a relationship as well. To me, what it seems book, like that. that. The other book. Remember that book, Aaron? You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. That was not a healthy relationship. Right, right, was right. He was taking advantage of her. Yeah. He was a married guy. Having For sure. Life. But which book are you talking about? I'm trying to think of the book. Um, Bla- yes. Black Dahlia. Black Dahlia. Is that it? Well, no. Yes. Yeah. You're getting there. Uh, I can't remember the book where this professor takes advantage of the student and makes the student believe that he loves her and that she she should love him and that he really loves her. And the student never, ever got over it. And but that's kind of it. I think it was a very it's a very common thing that you know, it was an unethical relationship per se. And I don't think he ever said he loved her. 
he was totally attracted to and he did think she was very intelligent she he did say that you know along come like you know after years we see somebody like that who can he had a way of you know so i think it was in some it was not a romantic relationship at all to me it was more like a manipulative and even on the on Sadie's side it was in something that she was you know it didn't seem like a long term relationship anyway it was more like a need of the hour kind of thing with marks i don't think again and i don't think she went ahead and started to, she gave a lot of time to mazer before mark and even mark gave a lot of time mark asks mazer that you know is it okay if i took her out and so i think um to me the three people and even that stupid professor played a good role <laughs> in the whole thing. i mean i loved how that you know what i'm saying and these three people i know i do not usually like triangles i it makes me very uncomfortable reading and seeing in the movies all those love triangles and everything you know three friends but somehow i to me it seemed like so romantic and not in a threesome way <laughs> i didn't mean that way okay what was romantic here i'm missing something that, here you know the, the he the, the both the the guys were very true friend to each other right, right. they were very caring marx was amazingly caring about mazer he was a, Mazer was very caring about Sadie. Sadie was caring about both of them. So it was a really nice relationship, an ideal friendship you can have. It didn't work out with Sadie, so she ends up being with Mark, which was painful in there. But then it seemed like they had a pretty good relationship, right? And Mazer did not like it. But in the end, if Mazer goes back to Sadie, I do not find it as if you know anybody was getting anybody's leftovers. I don't. Th- that's what I'm trying to say. That I didn't think it's perfectly okay. I mean life happens and you to me it didn't seem like that I don't know <laughs> No 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 it wasn't about you know oh it was leftovers you know oh well now Marx is not there you know let's get this but all I'm saying is the author you know could have not had them have that relationship I just felt like the author wanted a relationship with Sadie and Marx Sadie and Mazer. Yes, she made it look really nice, but I just felt it wasn't necessary. And I agree with you, the friendship that the three shared, I mean, was really wonderful. And I'm just trying to think, would you guys have felt okay if there was no relationship with Sadie and Marks and Sadie and Mazer? That that never took place in the entire book, but in the whole book was down to a friendship and maybe Sadie married someone else totally i'm just i'm just throwing it out uh, there but erin you want to I, say something i mean i think that the drama in the, the the their working relationship and their personal relationship um with the, the three of them drove the plot line in large part because you know that you go through swaths of time where these three people that own a company together are not necessarily all talking to one another. <laughs> so I do think it drove the plot line and it did add to the storyline. But I think in the end, I would have been okay if Sadie did not come back around to Mazer. I, I, I would have been okay with him being like, if with them reestablishing their friendship, but not necessarily an insinuation of a romantic really relationship. I would have been okay with that. And that's probably like, that probably actually would have made it feel less like contrived that the author was trying to make them get together in the end. 
maybe one of the reasons why I don't like this book is because it reminds me of a relationship that I had growing up. So I had a very, very close friend from preschool that I went to school with all through, you know, elementary, high school, etc. And we were really close in high school. We were like kind of like, what do you want to say? Like passing trains or what? I don't know what the term, the phrase is, but you know, like we were, we were each maybe attracted to each other at different points in our lives, but never at the same time. So like, are, are you talking about a male friend or a female friend? A male, a male friend. Okay. Yeah. Because I've been thinking female friend this whole time. And when you said, <laughs> no, I've been talking. No, well, that wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility, no, but no, 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 no in this circumstance. You did not mention I didn't, I didn't a say. female. You didn't mention male or female. So I was like, I've had a friend all my life. And I just automatically assumed this girl until you said romantic relationship i was like i know Aaron's straight yeah i was you yeah, that's when it i don't even know if I, I, that's why i had to, I, I that's why i had to clarify but go ahead no. go ahead with your story no, Sorry, i just yes, clarify this it. did happen to be a, a, a male friend but you know like i got married when i was younger and that didn't work out and he was, you know, he, we were, we were on the same softball team and were really close to each other when I was going through that. And, um, to the point to where whenever I was through it, he was like, will you like, would you be interested in us starting a relationship? Like I would marry you, blah, blah, blah. I was like, dude, like you have a very serious girlfriend that I thought that you all were like, together together like I thought you were serious about this but I and no you like I see you like my brother like there's no way that this would ever like we were that close you know at that point reactions you know that's the thing with the podcast is you can't see people's actual reactions and and (laughs) it's muted so it's good I mean that was so great oh my god but I mean like Yes, there were elements, like I said, there were elements in time where we probably where we were both each attracted to one another, but not at the same time. And in the end, like we had walked with each other through so many things and it not been about romanticism or sexuality that it was like I couldn't see myself having that side of a relationship with him. And that reminds me a lot of Mazer and Sadie's relationship. We had a falling out and I haven't talked to him in probably six years. And I will be honest that, and it was a political falling out. That is, it's very hard because he was somebody who I thought I could count on in all times as a, you know, he was that close of a friend and it, it's hard to not have that. And to know, like, I, I probably, like, I don't know that we will ever have any sort of closure to our relationship or any kind of like reunification or forgiveness or and I'm happy that this book did show that the forgiveness between Sadie and Mazer I mean time after time like they would go through these long bouts where they weren't talking to each other for like because one or the other did something but I appreciate that in the end they were able to you know rectify the situation and have forgiveness for one another I think it's unrealistic to be honest that it would go to the point of romanticism after all that time. I think it's more realistic that it would be friendship, but, and I would have been just satisfied with that and thought that it was, you know, a beautiful story still. I'm not saying it's not a beautiful story. Her writing is amazing. It is very well, like the writing is just the prose of it is amazing. But I do think that there are elements of the storyline that are just like that. I don't think it's realistic after all those years that, I would have liked to see Sadie with a different person 
at the end, like a totally new character in the last chapter or last two chapters. I would have been very happy with that. When it's Sadie and Sam at the end, I just felt contrived as you, you know, as you say. Okay. Um, favorite characters. If I were to look at all of them, I don't know. I liked all three of them, but I think Mark's character was really good to to me. It seemed like he was good friend to both. And many times he was the one who was being most adult in all that. I thought his his was a good character. I liked Sadie and Mazer. I liked the complexities of emotions that they had with each other and with themselves. But I don't know. There was a point when I thought Sadie was more annoying in the point when I thought Mazer was. But overall, in terms of favorite character, I think Marks was my favorite character. My favorite characters were um, Sam's grandparents. I really liked them. They were so sweet. And no matter what happened, like they, you know, they did not always side with Sam. They tried to, you know, help him to forgive and understand, but they were always supportive of him still. You know, they always loved him and they tried to bring them together. I don't think they're trying to bring them romantically together by the end. I think grandpa was just trying to like help them restore their relationship as friends. And I I really thought that that was just sweet gestures from the grandparents and things that like, you know, meddling grandparents definitely do. Men meddling parents do too, so... I totally forgot about them. I think if I had to go with a favorite character, it would probably be Marks. It's it just, I don't know. I, I just, for me, it was Marks because I think ultimately he stood up, he stepped up to the plate and he said, okay, this is what I want. Let's make this work. And um, if you want to call the video game a character, you know, it just, you know, or creating this baby. Of, I just, that that felt like, if you want to call that a character, I just, that's what, I think the book was more about that intellectual property that built this. And that character was probably character theme, whatever you want to call it, was my favorite, favorite, favorite part of this book. I, I just loved what, just watching it. I mean, reading about it. So, um, but yeah, anything else about this book? I like that how in the end, uh, there are two things. I like that how in the end, they were they were okay giving the game to somebody else. I can't imagine how hard it must be, but I think they made a better decision because there were younger people who knew, uh, you know, it's kind of like, so that was tough, but they both were on the same page. I like the open-endedness of the book. I, to me, didn't seem like that she was alluding a romantic relationship to me. It seems like, okay, let's just be together. And that's how I looked at it. And one thing uh, other than that that I loved was the, uh, in the book was the Shakespearean like, literary courts and tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. And I liked how one of them was so liter- literary, like, you know, I had an inclination towards that. And so they were all artistic in their own way. And uh, she, you know, when they talk about, okay, they have these games, it just reminded me how I have my books. So for them, it was games. So like, and she does talk about somewhere books are like games or something like that, you know? So sometimes... I guess just because I like to read books, I think that's the best thing. I don't think that way, but you know what I mean? You kind of think that, you know, why don't people read books? I mean, they're it is the best people. thing. What do you mean? It, it is the best. I thing. agree with you. I mean, but... come on. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there you go. So, I mean, it seemed like there are other, you know, ways. And so I like those couple of things that I mentioned. I loved it. Okay. Cover and um, rating. 
I gave it a four, not like a rating overall. So again, I love the pros. There were elements of this I really, really liked. I may or may not read it again. I think I would carefully choose who I recommend it to. It's long. And like I said, I think there were some pieces that didn't fit well that seemed contrived. But that's my overall rating for it is a four. Cover? Cover. I did not particularly care for the cover. Like it's colorful, but it really doesn't. I don't know. For me, it didn't reflect at all <laughs> what was going on, I guess. I don't know. There's like, wa- I guess the waves, is that supposed to be like a, an allusion to the, um, alluding to the video game, maybe? I'm not sure. So I, I don't know. I can't get behind the cover. I, I would give it like a two. It's not that appealing to me. In fact, I would have looked at this and been like, I think this is a, a cover for a young adult or, you know, yeah, like young adult novel. I would not have thought it was an an adult literary fiction. I'll go next because I, when I first read it, I gave it a five. Like hands down, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so amazing! Blah, 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 blah. I love it! I love it! I love it! I gave it a five. But then you take back and you peel the layers, and I think, you know what? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I there were elements of the book that just stick with you, so those are good. But I just don't want to give it a five right now. And that's how I feel. I'm like, there's something holding me back and saying, no, I, I don't want to give it a five because it was too long. And and I mean, it's okay for a book to be too long. Don't get me wrong. But what I mean is if you're dragging things out, I'm just like, come on, can you get with get with the program? Come on. You know, like, was it, ne- was it necessary to be that long? And I think, no, it wasn't that necessary. So yeah, now, right now, just thinking about it, I will not give it a five. I'm going to give it a four. And I agree with you, Erin. The cover is like a two or maybe even a one. I did not want to read the book, actually. I got it free on Libro FM because of the, it was one of the influencer books. And then I don't know what happened. It was just one week or two. And I kept seeing tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow on Bookstagram. Like people were reading it and like, oh my gosh, I love this book. I love this book. I love this book. And I'm going, well, Really? I mean, I have the book, but I mean, I'm like, really? I'm like, oh, yeah, you guys love it. I have the book. I'm going to read it. And then I was like, oh, I now I know why I love it. And then now four months later, I, I'm like, I still say cover is like a one or a two. And now I'm saying the book is a four. But I do believe it might make it to my top 20 of the year. That's where I'm standing at. Rufat? Um, the cover before reading the book, I was like, I don't know what I'm reading. I was like, this book club makes me read whatever. <laughs> I, know, but, I feel the know, same way yes yes I know, but I love whatever we read it's I'm joking so no the cover was like I don't know but after reading the book the cover had a different impact but still I wouldn't give it a five I was kind of three between three and four like you I always sit in a book and I don't try to rate it right away and usually the rating that I give later is the true rating for me for many books that people end up loving like anything and I sit on it and I can't understand why you know it was it has an impact and so I did like it when I read it and I still like it it is a five for me I think she put everything together beautifully so many themes so many uh, messages I like books about heartbreaks and, you know, moral complexity. So that was very nice. I would give it a five. I would like to read it again. I'm just getting busier by the day. But if I did get time, I would read it. Not because, I mean, I would love to read it. If there's a reason I can't read it, it's just because I would not have time. Okay, let's call it quits for another great session of book club. And we're done with 
tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. So yay. And I will see you all next time. I hope you guys enjoyed our discussion. I had mentioned in this episode that this book will make it to my top 20 of 2022. And if you listened to that episode, you will notice that this book wasn't in the top 20. That was an error on my part because I was going through all my Goodreads books. For whatever reason, as I was going through it, I don't know why I didn't see this book because I was writing all the names and then I was kind of ranking them, right? So I don't know exactly what the number would have been, but I'm thinking it would have been not in my top 10, but uh, 10 to 20, probably around the 13, 14 zone is what it would have been. So um, just wanted to put that out there. And I have been behind on my episodes. Welcome to my life. I apologize. I know some of you are waiting. And I know some of you really like book club episodes. And yes, of course, I'm behind on a few book club episodes. Hang in there. I'm getting there. It's been crazy on my side. But what else is new? And with all that said, that's all I have for this episode. Before I go, if you loved this episode or any of my previous episodes, please take a moment to write me a review on Apple Podcasts. Please share this podcast with your family and friends and through your social media channels. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram on Living a Life Through Books. I'm also on Clubhouse. Look me up by name. I'm on TikTok. My tag is at Dr. Shnaz Ahmed. You can reach me through email. My address is livingalifethroughbooks at gmail.com. My website is shnazahmed.com. That is S-H-A-H-N-A-Z-A-H-M-E-D.com. The opening and closing music to this and all my previous episodes was composed by my husband, Brad Slavik. I'm Dr. Shnaz Ahmed with Living a Life Through Books signing off. Remember to water the seeds within you. It's time. Thank you.